glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show. Our mission, to serve you and empower you to make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, I want to start out with something be pretty scary for all of us. The info that's out there about us on the web. And then later I got some great news about a solution for another scary thing, crime. There's a new security system that will protect both you and your wallet. I want to tell you about something that is really upsetting to me. And it's something that affects everyday people in greater and greater numbers, costing people their jobs, costing them relationships, you name it. And that is false postings about you on the internet. As someone who's been in the public eye for decades, it's part of the, dr- uh, the drill for me that I know there are going to be things posted about me that just flat out aren't true. But there's so much out there about me that people will make their own judgments whether something they see about me that's just not true is the real story or what over time they felt was who you think I am. And so for me, no big deal. But what about for somebody who's just a regular private citizen and they're applying for a job and they never are getting called back or they have a really promising interview and they never get back with you for either a second one or a job offer or you meet somebody you'd really like to go out with and they go and google you or any search engine And they find out that you're this scary monster. But it's really not what you are or who you are. Here's what's happening. There are people, you've heard of um, revenge porn. I don't know what the name of this is. But it's where people who are taking out revenge on you purposely post false stuff about you to mess up your life. And it is just a brutal thing. And I saw a story about this whole problem in the New York Times where the New York Times writer was contacting people who had been identified as people that were using internet search as a way to take revenge against people posting fake stuff, saying people were molesters and all this terrible stuff. And the individual that the New York Times contacted took out revenge against that writer and that writer's editor and posted all kinds of fake stuff about them. It was just ugly, ugly stuff. And there's no easy procedure how to take that stuff down. There was a website I don't want to give any publicity to. It's a well-known website, but not not a household word, but a well-known website that to me is engaging in extortion that if you find a profile about you on that site and you have proof that none of those things are true, 
they charge you a ransom of a few thousand dollars to pull down the information about you. It was fake in the first place. I mean, this is, this is hideous. I mean, not only should it be a crime when somebody falsely posts stuff about you, it's clearly not true that you committed a crime or whatever, but the sites that are profiting from this, ransoming your reputation back to you, they should be looked at as extortionists and the owners should be facing criminal actions as well. But those are shoulds. In the meantime, what do you do? This is hard. So there are techniques that people will do where they will go around posting a lot of stuff about themselves so that they then push the fake negative stuff down when somebody does a search. And that's an imperfect thing, and you have to have some decent computer skills to do that. But the other thing you may have to do is the best defense may be a good offense. You may have to tell a potential employer, hey, if you do a background search on me, there's somebody, I don't know who they are, they're taking revenge shots against me and they're posting false stuff about me and you're going to see things about me that aren't true at all and with somebody you might be going out on a date with i guess you got to do the same thing for them and krista you have 25 years more than that in the digital industry what would you tell someone who is in this situation i mean i um i only know as much as you do to be honest i mean this is tough stuff i know a lot of people that just you know even what you have on your social media sites they recommend not using your full name or doing a lot of different things to try to protect yourself but when this when this is out on websites it's it's hard i'm sure there are people who really are experts that could help us maybe we should you know look for somebody that can come on and and help the listeners I mean, we've only had this question twice that I can recall where somebody had um, false information about them that was really messing up their lives, that everywhere they looked online, it was there. And so the problem now is that it's something that there are people that are doing more regularly. And I think it would be a good idea to give people a heads up if there are better steps than what I've said to protect themselves. It could be as simple as having the same name as someone, too. I mean, think about how common that is. You know, that happened to my wife. I remember that. So uh, what happened to my wife was not a false thing. There was an individual who uh, had committed violent crimes. It was a guy, and he was in the state penitentiary in the state of Florida, but he has the same name as my wife. And it's not her legal name, it's what she uses as an actress. And her name could be that of a male or a female. And so when she was being cast for a role in a commercial, she got a call from the casting agency saying, 
Um, we have some disturbing background information on you. It says that you are a felon in the state of Florida. And we already knew about that cross record. And she explained they went ahead and used her on the job because obviously she was not a guy. And uh, there were other things that made it clear it was not her. But you never know where somebody doesn't even bother to pick up the phone and make that call like she got. And they just say, oh, well, this person backgrounded poorly. We're going on to the next person. So let's go to our first question. Okay, Clark. Jay in Alaska says, I'm saving for a classic car that I've wanted for a very long time, and I've just gotten the green light from my wife to put more money away each month to do it. I'm currently at $2,000. I'm saving $500 a month until I hit a target goal of $45,000. At the current rate, that will be about seven years, but I'd love to hit it sooner if possible. For a shorter-term goal, in the grand scheme of things, would it be best to put this in a money market savings, robo-investor, or some other product? Thanks for the wise words over the years. I'm going to crush your heart. You're going to have to wait all those years because your investment window is really in kind of like a yellow zone, if you think of the tack in this car you're going to get. So you don't want to take the risk that you would lose some of that money that you're working hard to put aside. Steady as you go, put it in the best online savings account you can get. It's not going to pay a lot right now, uh, half percent. But over these nearly seven years, you'll have to put money aside. Rates will rise again, and it will be a decent place for you to put money in savings to build up for this vehicle. And I hope you love it when you get it. Tom in Colorado says I'm a first-time home buyer as of three weeks ago. Currently, my mortgage and utilities are 20% of my monthly take-home pay. As a result, I'd like to put more toward the house, either in the form of extra payments on the mortgage to reduce my long-term interest payments, or in the form of improvements and renovations to increase the value. I don't have any intentions of moving anytime soon. What would you recommend? So if you just closed in the last few months, you've got a fantastic interest rate. And having your housing costs all in at 20% of your take-home pay is great because it means you've got so many choices you can make with money in your life. Since the interest rate almost certainly is exceedingly low on your mortgage, I would rather see you boost the amount of money you're saving for your long-term future in retirement accounts, uh, if you have 401k, Roth IRA, even in a straight investment account that you put money aside because you will out-earn over the years what you're paying in interest on that mortgage with near 100% certainty. I mean, just about 100% certainty. And so that would be a higher priority for me is that each month, instead of paying extra towards the principle that you build up additional money for yourself. Now, on the thing of doing improvements to your home, the reason you do improvements to your home, particularly since it's a long-time purchase that you plan to be there a long, long time, is not for payback. There's virtually no improvement or addition you can do for a home that will get you more than a dollar in value for a dollar put in. Figure you get 50 cents on average lift in value for every dollar you spend. So a reverse investment, return on investment. What I would think about instead 
since you're a long-termer there, what things would you like to do to the home that would make it more enjoyable for you? And that's why you'd spend the money. Coming up next, speaking of homes, I want to talk to you about a security system that was just introduced that'll save you a fortune. One of the areas that is going through a massive transformation because of technology is an industry we used to have endless complaints about, the home security system industry, the burglar alarm industry. It is an industry that was rife with thieves, sad to say. You didn't know if the burglar alarm companies were the crooks or the friends protecting you from the crooks. And certainly... Most people in the industry are hardworking people trying to do a really great job. It's unfortunate, though, that it's an industry that had always been infested with real slime as well. And they would do everything they could to hard pressure you into a long-term contract. They follow burglaries in neighborhoods, going door-to-door, telling frightening stories to people about how you're not safe in your neighborhood and you need to sign up for a system right now. And in one of my books, I told a story about being at a McDonald's eating my Egg McMuffin and listening to a sales manager for a burglar alarm company, a nationally known burglar alarm company, brief a new salesperson in the territory on techniques to con people into terrible terrible contracts and it was just i still enjoyed my egg mcmuffin but i was really upset i don't know why i didn't get indigestion from that but what's happened in the last few years is that self-install systems have changed the equation enforced the burglar alarm industry where you hire a professional to be more straight shooting and at the same time, offer you the option of self-installs. Uh, we did a, a video on Clark.com of me installing a security system from Ring at our home. And what I went through installing it, how long it took me. It took me six times longer than it said it would take me. I did a mediocre job installing. But it monitors very cheaply and all that. Well, now I can tell you. And I went with Ring because they were cheaper than the other mainstream ones in the market, like uh, Simply Safe, which is the one that's promoted the most in the marketplace, is more expensive. But now it's a whole new game because Wise, WYZE.com, that started off as a company that just sold security cameras cheaper than anybody else, now offers a home security burglar alarm system where they charge you 60 bucks up front for a basic system, and that includes the first year of monitoring. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's so cheap. And then the system they sell you, unless you're in a very small place, won't be enough equipment. you got to buy other stuff. But what's a joke is how cheap their other stuff is. They charge... In a three-pack, 20 bucks for sensors. So $6 and change a sensor. That's ridiculously cheap. 
they charge if you want a second keypad 15 bucks if you want a motion sensor eight bucks more than you already get nobody has ever bent the price curve like this for a home security system i am just stunned how cheap it is and you can see if you go to wise.com go to their section on home security and the 24-hour monitoring professional monitoring for the price they do is just nuts now the other thing is that now think about it you got all these companies that sign people in these long-term contracts and then charge them $40 a month or $30 a month for monitoring. This is $50 a year. A year. I mean, that's just beyond belief that it would be that cheap. And so, I'm sorry, $60 a year. I lied. See, I discounted it $10. It wasn't supposed to be. It was already cheap enough. So... Check it out, and, you know, I need to install one of these, and Krista, this time I won't have wild man hair. hair. <laughs> For the video. All right, so, all right, I got to confess what happened. We, did, we talked about it last week. I know, we I did. know, but I forgot, I never explained why I looked like that. Why your hair, yeah, because it happened suddenly, like I was watching the video, and then all okay, of a sudden so, your hair so got... So I started installing the alarm, and then I said I was going to go out on a a run walk and run i went seven miles in the heat and came back and went straight back on camera yeah so if it with was your brother filming so there was no one there to say anything right so it was you it, and your right? brother so if it was smell vision it would have really really stunk after seven miles in the summer of a walk and run a run and walk whatever and so i promise that if i if i buy a wise system and install it i'll tell you the goods and bads and i actually won't smell and my hair won't be going crazy (laughs) we didn't want people to worry about you when they saw the video clark that was all okay speaking of this (laughs) kind of situation uh terry says i was the uh, the victim of a home invasion late last month and confronted the intruder who kicked in my back door in the early morning hours The police arrived quickly and the person was arrested and charged with numerous felonies. The family is reaching out to me to begin to pay for the many thousands of dollars of damages. There's no court date yet. Should I allow them to pay before we go to court? This is all so unsettling. The family of the Of the perpetrator. Or the home invader. I guess not alleged. (laughs) Wants to pay... The family wants to pay for the repairs of the home. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't feel comfortable leaving things not repaired. Um, Gosh. So they they have a wayward family member that that they feel really bad about. Sounds like it. I would be really careful taking money, particularly before the case is settled. You don't want them to be able to say you know in court well you know we paid the damages so you just ought to let him let him go i think i'd go ahead and pay for it myself if you can afford to wow what a frightening thing i know 
Um, on a much lighter note, Jared in New York says, my wife and I are considering a move to Hawaii in the next year, and we want to know what Clark thinks in terms of cost of living and housing. We have an above average income, but would like to know if we can still have a bright future financially. Hawaii housing is very expensive. The general cost of living in Hawaii is higher. It's an island, you know, they're islands, so everything has to be brought in. Any island destination is more expensive as a result. The advantage you have in Hawaii over a bunch of other places is that because they're volcanic islands, you can have beautiful sweeping views that aren't necessarily right on the ocean that are much more affordable. Uh, It's fascinating as you travel around a Hawaiian island how many places you can be that you have these gorgeous panoramas and you can let the people who can really afford it be you know front and center at the ocean or more often the more desirable places are a few hundred yards away from the beach itself with those great views and then maybe it's more affordable but my advice always is go rent for 90 days. Always, if you've ever heard me say this about Hawaii, you go rent for 90 days, see if you got island fever, learn the market, learn where you really want to live, and you'll know from a three-month stay whether or not you really can afford it to live there or if you feel like you are always worried about your next dollar. And I'm jealous. (laughs) Trevor in Georgia says, I've received a resolution offer of $3,500 on a $7,000 outstanding balance from a collection agency after being unable to pay my credit card debt on time. I have a choice of paying the account balance or accepting the offer. Why should I not take the offer? So do you have any information, Krista, on how old that debt is? I do not. So usually... Not always, but usually if they're offering you right off the bat a 50% cut on the debt, it may be that you're outside statute, meaning that it's old enough that they don't have a right to sue you against the debt. You have to be very careful, and you have to have a properly worded legal document before you pay them any money, that if you pay them that amount against the debt, that it represents payment in full against the debt because what collectors can do is if they get any money from you at all they can in most jurisdictions do what's called refresh the date and then they're in a position to be able to sue you against it or even when you pay that half come back at you later for the rest so you don't give them any money till you have in writing that payment of that amount will constitute payment in full and until and unless you have that in writing you cannot accept that as a true legal proper safe offer for you as to whether you pay the seven the full seven or you pay the 3500 that is your choice your option as far as how it'll affect your credit if it's reported as a debt turned over to a collector with zero balance The effect on your credit is roughly equivalent whether you reach a settlement or you pay the full balance that was originally due.
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Clark Howard Show. You know, we're here for you seven days a week at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com. Subscribe to our newsletters if you want to learn even more about saving money from our incredible researchers and writers. The price of our newsletters, well, they're priceless and they're free.